Zansi's sporting milestones, moments, and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musiya. Let's move right along now. Still talking boxing after we spoke to Tommy Gunn, Osteizen, and Tabiso Mtunu. And now we are joined on the line by the legendary Mr. Brian Mitchell as we educate the young ones about our sporting heroes of yesteryear and also finding out more about the men's checkered career. Mr. Brian Mitchell, good evening, sir, and thank you for allowing us to celebrate you on SAFM tonight. Uh, good evening. Thank you very much. Firstly, tomorrow we just spoke to Tommy Gunn and the Rock Mtunu. What are your thoughts on that fight? How do you see it going? Well, it's a big fight. Okay, no problem. It's a huge fight. Um, it's a 50-50 fight. You know, it's, it depends who comes to the party. Uh, Tabisa Mkunu is a cruiserweight. He's a big, strong guy physically. Uh, Tommy Orsteisen is a tall guy with good hand speed and good foot movement. It's going to be an interesting fight, but I reckon whoever comes... Brings their A game to the party will win the fight. It's a, it's a 50-50 fight. Is it redemption time for Tommy Gunn after what's happened um, in the past, which he says is put behind him? Yeah, I think it's it's redemption time as well as uh, it's do or die for uh, for both fighters because uh, Teresa Nkun has been in the game a long time. He's coming towards the end of his career. Uh, Tommy Westhausen is now 30 and he's obviously doesn't have time to mess around anymore. So it's, it's a do or die fight for both fighters. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's a very important fight for both guys. Now, let's talk about you, Mr. Brian Mitchell. You are now a commentator, and you've been doing it for some time. Firstly, how is it to be on the other side of the action? <laughs> it's, um, it's also difficult to be a commentator, but obviously a lot easier uh, watching the fight with headphones on than being in the ring and getting punched <laughs> in the face. Um, but, it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it at my age at 57 to still be involved with boxing. is great. And uh, yeah, super sport looks after me, you know, and uh, I enjoy putting back into boxing the knowledge that I've got for the last 48 years, really, that I've been in the fight game. Mm. Is it always something that you wanted to do after your career or were you roped in because of your experience, obviously? Um, it, it wasn't necessarily something that I, I thought about, but um, fortunately, I, I, can, I can speak okay and I'm not shy with the mic. Um, I've done a lot of motivational speaking at companies and I've done a lot of uh, inspirational speaking around the world really and a lot for the, the company Nasha. So I've, I've really, uh, I, was, I was lucky from a 19-year-old uh, when I became a professional boxer that I was able to maintain my um, time with the media, you know, as, as a speaker. Mm. So yeah, I enjoy the commentary. You say you've been involved in the sport for 48 years, Brian Mitchell. Where did it all start yeah, funny f- enough, for you? Thanks, man. Yeah, we had the official weigh-in today, you know, and it's sometimes uh, when somebody, a youngster, asked me a question, uh, how long have I been in boxing? And I thought about it for a second. I thought, well, I started when I was nine years old and I turned 57 yesterday. That's 48 years. That's uh, a whole lifetime, you know. Where did it all start, so, Brian? I started... Well, my father was a South African boxing champion in 1962. He was the South African professional bantamweight champion. Um, and I was a year old then. So when I was one years old, I was introduced to boxing. And my mom and dad divorced, unfortunately, when I was five years old. But I always wanted to be a boxer. It was in the genes. You know, my, my late grandfather boxed. My dad was a champion. And it's, it's boxing is, is a family sport. It's something I always wanted to do. And what is it about boxing, Brian, that you can't get away uh, from it? 
I think it's the greatest sport on the planet. You know, obviously every sportsman will say that, that about their own sport. But, you know, boxing is a sport of kings. You know, it's, it's, it's do or die. You're on your own. It's not a team sport. Um, if you commit yourself and you, you're dedicated and disciplined and determined, um, it's rewarding because then you become a world champion and you make money and you, and you're on your own in the ring. You know, it's such a, it's a lonely sport when you're training and you're living out of hotels and training four hours a day. But it's, it's the most rewarding sport because you get that world title belt or that South African belt on your own. You know, you, it's, it's not even really thanks to your parents or your trainer. It's, it's all comes down to what you put into that when you get into that boxing ring. Mm. So it's a very rewarding sport. I've looked at some of the numbers and the stats. They've got box rack as you fighting 49 times, winning 45 times three draws and one loss. How do you look back at your yes. career? Do you look back with pride or do you have any regrets? Yes, I look, yes, absolutely. You know, I look back with absolute pride that um, I was able to make my country proud, make my family proud and, and make myself a world champion. Um, I thought I was a bit unlucky in the three draws. So I thought I should have been 49 with only a single loss. Um, my single loss came to the, the late Jacob Meraki, mm. who was a good friend of mine. And he beat me for the Transvaal title in my my sixth professional fight. And then I beat him three times after that. So all the guys that I drew with and I lost to, I avenged the fight. So I would like to have had a 49-0 record, but I'm, I'm happy with my record. Thank you. Talking about Jacob Muraka, the fourth fight was obviously overshadowed by a tragedy. I mean, how do you yes. look back at that, Brian? Have you recovered from that? How does Brian look back at that? Well, no, I haven't recovered. You know, you, you never recover from that. But I, I can tell you with the awesome news that happened a week ago, uh, my son organized for myself to meet with Apple Jacob, Meraki's mother, after 32 years. And um, I went and, and had a cup of tea with Jacob Meraki's mother in Soweto, bought her some flowers, you know. And we sat and we chatted, and, and, and she was wonderful. You know, she was absolutely wonderful. She She said that her son died doing something that he loved, which I, I nearly started crying when she said that. And she said that um, Meraki would have wanted me to go on to be world champion. And I feel the same way. You know, if it was the other way around, I would have wanted him to continue. And it's such a great part of my career because he's the only guy that beat me. He's the only guy that I've fought four times ever. And, you know, the only guy that passed away. So Meraki is a very big, special part of, of my career. And, it takes a big place in my heart. Mm. And for those not familiar with this fight, Jacob Murake uh, later succumbed to head injuries after this uh, a, a fight, and that's why we just mentioned that. But what was it about the duel? What was it about this duel with Jacob Murake, uh, Brian, that you had to fight four times? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the, the compliment uh, to Jacob Murake and to his family, and that's what I said to his mom, Ethel, when I had tea with her, that the reason we fought four times is because we were the two best in the country. And I asked the promoters, even at Sun City, when we had our fourth fight, I said, but why am I fighting Jacob Maraki again? You know, I'm, I'm number two in the world. And they said, well, he's the best in South Africa. And, we, you know, we, we're putting on all South African title fights on. And Jake, if I wasn't around, Jacob Maraki would have been the world champion, I believe, you know. Mm. So that's why we fought four times, because he, he was the best in the country for me to fight. And it was a very competitive fight. He was a really good fighter. He was the Transvaal champion called Jacob Dancing Shoes Meraki. And uh, yeah, a terrific fighter and, and a great competitor. 
Well, you were a world champion. You had to go defend your title outside the country 12 times because of the political situation at the time. How challenging yes. was that for you to always be defending that, away? You know, that was, that was sadly it was very challenging. But sadly, I couldn't fight in my own country in front of my own people because of politics. I would love to afford the Sun City again, defending my world title where I won at the Sun City or, or Alice Park Rugby Stadium. I was born up the road from Alice Park or lost the Fairfield, or F&B Stadium, you know, somewhere in front of my own people, which I wasn't allowed because of the political situation at the time. Obviously, apartheid was an ugly thing. And, um, yeah, you know, I was I was affected by apartheid. Uh, the WBA said that they're not going to sanction any world title fights in South Africa because uh, that place bans on the country. And I think, I think the only fight in the history of the fight game that was never allowed to fight in his own country due to politics. But you continued to defend 12 times, Brian. What kept you going? Did you block out <laughs> the fact that you couldn't defend at home? Yeah, or did that even well, motivate you? I, I, I was very strong mentally. You know, For me, it was, it was about that winning. Uh, it didn't matter where I was fighting. I was always fighting my opponent's backyards. But I knew the whole of South Africa was watching it live. And, and I knew what I had to lose. I knew how, how tough I grew up. I needed the money desperately for every fight. And um, boxing was my life. I wasn't prepared to lose. You know, I, went, I, I put in hard work, four hours a day, every day, and and, and, it, and it paid off. You know, but, but I blocked out everything when I got into the boxing ring because even fighting Tony Lopez in Sacramento, I mean, I was so against the odds there with twenty thousand Mexican Americans, you know, booing me and shouting against me. So I was always against the odds with the judges and the referee. But I, I blocked it out and, and and I just did my my job as that's actually one of my earliest memories of seeing you fight against Tony Lopez. There was that fight in Sacramento which ended in a draw. Yes. I remember at the time it was seen as a hometown decision. Is that how you also viewed it? Were you yes, upset? Absolutely. Yeah, I was very upset at the time. But, um, you know, Rocky Berman who's my, was my promoter. Uh, he's a Jewish guy. And he said to me, listen, don't worry about the draw. We're getting a rematch and you're going to get a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, but I won the fight. And I was more worried about getting the decision. But it actually, if I look back at my life now, it, it worked in my favor because I got a big contract to go back with HBO and, and fight Tony Lopez six months later and beat him in my, my final world title fight. And I vowed that I would never fight again in a world title fight. And, and I stuck to my word. If I re- was such a cherry yeah. on the cake in my very last world title fight beating the great Tony Lopez. But if I remember correctly, I think you were stripped of your title. Was it after the first fight? And why was yeah, that? I think they, they, they actually got it wrong on, on BoxRec and, and, and actually in the history books that I was stripped of the title. I actually gave up the title uh-huh. because I, 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 I had uh, 12 defenses of the world title because my, my draw with Tony Lopez was recorded as a world title defense. So I had the all-time re- world record that I'd broken for 65 years. And I gave the title up and I said, well, I'm going to go to Sacramento and give it my last shot. If they rob me, they can't take my, my WBA belt away. <laughs> so I challenged him for the IBF title and, and I won the IBF title in my last fight. Did you have to make sure that you win that fight to avoid another hometown decision? Yeah, absolutely. Now that was, well, I, I decided, you know, I fought the wrong fight in the first fight. If I look back now, it was kind of almost like Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. Uh-huh. Sugar Leonard fought Duran uh, wrong in the first fight. He went toe-to-toe with him. And Duran landed up winning the fight against the great Sugar Ray Leonard. 
in the rematch, uh, Leonard played with him. You know, he outboxed him. And I decided to do, use the same tactics with Tony Lopez. I decided I am a good boxer. Why do I need to go toe-to-toe with a guy? And I gave him angles. And um, the greatest compliment Lopez gave me after the fight was when they, when they interviewed him, they said, what happened? He said, no, man, I went back to school. <laughs> he said, Mitchell gave me angles, and it was like going back to school. So it was a great compliment at the end of my career. I gave him lots of angles, and I outboxed him. And I thought, rather, let it not be so exciting for the viewers even out there and, and the fans. Let me just get out there and win my last world title fight. And, uh, yeah, fortunately, I beat Lopez. Well, for those who've just joined the conversation, we are talking to legendary South African boxer, Mr. Brian Mitchell, just looking back at his career and also catching up with what he's up to right now. If you want to join the conversation at any time, 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. And WhatsApp, we're on 061-410-4107. Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. And we have reaction from social media. Tosh Bob Bunny says this is the greatest boxer SA has ever had. These guys took boxing to greater heights. Wish it could be restored to its former glory. Thank you, Brian, and your generation of boxers. Spin also says that please ask that man why was he why was he always fit? Yes, Brian, you were regarded as one of the fittest boxers or the fittest boxer at the time. Uh, was that a part of your strategy that you had to be fit when you go into the ring? Because I think at the time you guys were fighting 50 rounds oh, is Brian there oh okay Brian can you hear us Okay, we seem to have lost Brian Mitchell there. We're going to try and get him back on the line. If you've just joined us, we are talking to legendary South African boxer Brian Mitchell. 49 fights, 45 wins, only one defeat and uh, three draws there. 21 uh, wins by knockout Brian Mitchell. And that's the man that we are celebrating tonight on Flashback Fridays right here on SAFM. We're also going to catch up with Valila Mbuli, who is at the PSL offices. It is deadline day today. The transfer window closes at midnight and then... There is a big, big signing that has just happened. It's been announced a couple of minutes ago, but we want to get immediate reaction from Velile Mbuli about this big signing. A lot of people have been waiting for it. They felt that it would happen, and it looks like it has finally happened. It seems like we've got Mr. Brian Mitchell back on the line. Brian, can you hear us now? Yes, to be so sorry. I'm no. just on my way to a big function in Pagelachan. No problem, so no problem. No, however, we've got a better signal now. No problem. Somebody wants says you were regarded as the fittest boxer in SA at the time. Uh, was that part of your strategy to always be in tip, yeah, yeah, top shape? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's, it's very important to be fit. Um, not I think, I know. In the fight game, you know, it's, as I say, it's, it's a great sport. It's rewarding. But it's, it's very tough as well. You know, you're on your own. And you, you can't cheat when you're training. You know, you've got to put everything on the line. And when you fight, you've got to put everything on the line. So I was really fit. I was in great physical condition. And I think, that, you know, the fans enjoyed that because I never let them down. You know, every time I got into that ring, I was 110% and physically ready to, to win. I think, was it 15 rounds you guys were fighting at the time, Brian? Yeah, I fought, I fought four 15-rounders. Well, the first one went 10 rounds uh, when I knocked out of Frida Lane for the world title. Yes. Then I defended against Joe Rivera over 15 rounds in Puerto Rico. And then I went to France and I fought over 15 rounds there in Calais against Daniel Londres. And then they changed it. Uh, the WBA decided to change it to 12 rounds for medical reasons. I actually enjoyed the 15 rounders. 
Uh, we've got on the line Denzel from Joe Beck. Denzel, good evening. What's your comment? Mr. Brian Mitchell is here. Good evening. Good evening. Um, Brian, I think you were the best boxer ever that South Africa ever produced. And I'm really honored to be speaking to you. Um, it's a pity boxing has gone you know, down because we yeah. do not see the likes of Mitchell, Paul Brecht and the likes. And really, I would hope that we get boxing back on track with your intervention, Harold Falbrecht, and all the other top boxers. There's just one comment I noticed. You were fighting out of the country, and it was raining heavily, and on a few occasions, you slipped, actually, and during the, the, the break, I saw Carlos Giacomo put plastic bags around your boots. And I was amazed when I saw you uh, not slipping and surviving during that heavy rain. So I must really commend you and your trainer for bringing in tactics that we don't see these days in boxing. I commend you. You are my hero. Thank you very much, Denzel. Brian, tell us about Thanks, that sir, fight. Sir, <laughs> to this, I, um, I couldn't hear your caller clearly. But what is the, the the main part of the question? Oh, no, he was saying that you're one of the greatest boxers, if not the greatest, oh, that the country has produced. He says he's saddened by the state of boxing in the country at the moment, and he wishes it can go back to your times, the times of horror of Harold oh, Fallbrecks. How do you look back? How do you look at the state? How do you view the state of boxing at the time? Well, at, you know, at the, the moment? state of boxing, it's not too bad, but it's, it's definitely not what it was from the 80s, you know, and it's not, it's not me just saying that because I'm from the 80s as a boxer. But the standard was so high in the world. You had you had the four kings in America, Leonard, Hagler, Hearns, and Durant, all fighting each other all the time. In South Africa, you had myself and Dingan Bella and Gerry Kutsia and Baby Jack McClala and Harold Fulbright. And the list goes on, you know, Kali Kutsia, Gerry Kutsia. The, the 80s, we, we just seem more determined and more hungry for victory than the youngsters are today. Mm. And talking about the youngsters of today, is there anybody that's impressed you, that impresses you at the moment? There's, there's a few guys out there. There's a youngster called Cohen uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. He's fighting on the undercard tomorrow night of Tobisha, including with Tommy Westhausen. Um, and the talent's the, the not too bad, I must say. You know, at the beginning of the year when we had the, the, the boxing, the, you know, the guys to get licensed, uh, they licensed about 150 youngsters, which was really good. So the state of boxing, it's not that bad. What's needed to bring it back to his glory days, Brian Mitchell? Well, you know what? I think it, it starts with the, with the youngsters. It starts with amateur boxing. We need to get the standard of amateur boxing much higher, especially in our townships. We need more boxing gyms. You know, We need the government or the private sector to help us out and build boxing gyms for the youngsters. Give them the opportunity you know, that they can also go on to be world champions and be financially secure. But we definitely need more boxing gyms so that the guys can take an interest in the sport of boxing. We've also got a caller from Cape Town, Mdange. Thank you for calling us. Uh, uh, what's your view or comment for Brian Mitchell? Hey, mate, hey, member, how are you guys? I'm uh, fine in you, Mdange. I'm cool, I'm cool, man, man. Hey, I just want to ask you, Brian Mitchell, man, uh, remember us in the old days, uh, our boxing, you know, we used to have a lot of boxing coming, especially from the Eastern Cape side. 
Uh, we had a lot of boxers coming there, and uh, but uh, and Zusi now, which is, uh, they are not more uh, boxers. They say boxers, they are not coming from Eastern Cape much more as they were uh, during those times, uh, those old days. But uh, like someone, like for, for for example myself, if let's say I have a, a child here at home who is pursuing a boxing career, uh, do I motivate him to go into boxing or do I motivate him to go into another sport? Is there how is the boxing uh, financially uh, uh, during those old times and now? So the boxing, uh, how Michel, would you motivate me, for example, from saying I'm going to boxing to go into boxing, or would you say something else? Thanks, Mdanga. Brian. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would definitely say motivate your kid to go into the sport of boxing. I mean, look at a guy like Floyd Mayweather as one example. I mean, he's got $750 million in the <laughs> bank and he's retired. Manny Pacquiao's got $250 million in the bank. And the, the, the top fighters in the world are all very rich guys. So it's not only the rugby players and the soccer players and the cricketers that are rich guys today. The, the best world champions are very, very wealthy guys. So there is a lot of money in boxing today, which you've obviously got to be the best. Talking about retirement, Brian, why did you retire after that fight against Tony Lopez? Did you feel you couldn't continue? Did you feel that you'd achieved what um, you wanted? Well, you know what? I, I retired probably slightly premature. I was 30 years old, but it's been a long career for me because I, I won a South African title when I was 21 years old, and I defended that nine times. And when I was 25, I won a world title. So... Uh, Timing-wise, as far as my age goes, it worked out great for me in my career. So by the time I got to 30, I had 14 world title fights, nine South African title fights, and I'd won all of them on a trot. And I just felt like I was so tired of making the weight, you know, and dieting and training four hours a day every day. But it was time to, to move on. I, I'd served my purpose. Uh, you know, 49 fights is, is a lot of fights. And, um, yeah, I decided it's time to get into the business world and become a boxing trainer. And I was a boxing trainer for 10 years as well. I trained uh, Cassius Beloy into a few world title fights. Eddie Simon, uh, the first Namibian world champion ever, I was his trainer. So I've been, I've been on all sides of, of, of the boxing floor. And uh, now I'm a commentator and a spokesperson for Golden Gloves. But you also made a successful short comeback. Could you not stay away? Yeah, well, I, I actually, I was disappointed in myself because I said I would never fight again. I don't believe in comebacks. I think once you've retired, you must stay out of the game. And I retired for three years, but uh, there was nobody that could uh, be a mainliner at Sun City. And Rodney Berman offered me a lot of money to, to come back to be a mainliner. And I had two fights at the age of 33, 34 years old, two non-title fights, which I won both of them. Uh, but I, I just felt my reflexes weren't the same. And, and I wasn't going to let my fans down or myself and, and, and go out there and lose and not do it 100%. I just felt the reflexes had gone and it was time to, to walk away. You are a Hall of Famer, International Hall of Famer. How, uh, yeah. Is that something that means a lot to you, Brian Mitchell? Yeah, that, that means I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking to you about it. The, the greatest achievement any sportsman can, can have is to be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame, any boxer at least. And I'm the only South African boxer. Sadly, I think there should, there should be a few more guys like Vianney Bungu and maybe Victor Will. But um, I'm, I'm proud to be in the, in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. I'm up there with Sugar Ray Leonard and Sugar Ray Robinson and Muhammad Ali and all the big boys. I've got the same ring they got. So I'm proud and I'm, I'm proud to be a South African.
And finally, as we wrap up, Brian, you spoke about your time as a trainer. We've got a group of young trainers coming through, Colin Nathan, yeah. we've got the Smiths, we've got Pumzila Matsila, yes. Are you encouraged that boxing is in good hands? Yes, absolutely. You know, like at, at, even today when I went to the weigh-in for the big boxing tomorrow, I mean, you've got Anton Gilmore there, you've got Sean Smith, you've got Peter Smith, you've got um, Harold Fulbrecht, you've got Colin Nathan, you've got Gert Stratum. Um, I think I think we've got a lot of talent out there as trainers. So that, that, that's good for the state of boxing. And and just with the work that you do with Golden Gloves, I know that you also help with PR and all of that. Are you enjoying? I'm the, I'm, I'm the spokesperson for Golden <laughs> Gloves. I, I I arrange all the press conferences. I get all the media to all the press conferences, and I I do all the talking at all the press conferences. So I'm the spokesperson for Golden Gloves and a commentator for SuperSport. Well, Brian, we've really enjoyed talking to you. I know that you are on your way to another commitment, but mm-hmm. we appreciate the Thank fact you. that I'm, I'm you found time to speak to us. Yeah, no, I'm glad and I'm happy that you found time to speak to us. We just wanted to give you the respect that you deserve, sir, and Thank just you highlight you what you've achieved. And in I will the come sport. into your studio one day, I promise. No problem. Anytime, Brian yeah. Mitchell. Thank you. Thank Drive you very safely. Much. Good question. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That is Mr. Brian Mitchell there, a legend of boxing in South Africa. You can tell that he's on the road. We've actually been trying for a while to get him to come to studio, but it's just never worked. There was always something that he's busy with, always something that he's doing, Mr. Brian Mitchell. But uh, he felt that today he needs to speak to us because we've been attempting numerous times. And I'm very happy that he's given us uh, some of his time just to catch up uh, with his career. Um, I told you that there's something big that's just happened in the transfer window. We're going to go live to the PSL offices shortly to catch up with SABC sports reporter Veli Lembuli.